Hi guys, and welcome back to the Evolve Your Life podcast. I want to just quickly preface this and say there are a few spots in the podcast where there's like little fuzzy noises. I do apologize for that. I'm still learning how to do this, the best programs to use, and all that good stuff. There's also a few times where like my voice echoes, and so I apologize for that. But there's such good like information, and there was such amazing conversation that I don't even think you guys will realize it. Honestly, I probably just like made it worse because I pointed it out, but I did just want to say like I I know that it's in there. I recognize it. I'm going to try and get better. I'm learning. Trust me. Like I'm trying my hardest. Um, Okay. And then I also wanted to tell you guys that this podcast is brought to you guys by Success by Health. They are a company and they have a subline called um, Mayo Cafe and they do coffee. And not only do they do normal coffee, but they do coffee that is infused with an ancient antioxidant. And it's actually a mushroom. And this is um, called Ganoderma. And Ganoderma is the world's number one antioxidant. Because oftentimes coffee can be super acidic and it can be just tough on our stomachs. And coffee is amazing for you. It is so incredibly good for you. But the, the acidity is probably the worst part about it. Um, so what the Ganoderma does is it kind of cuts that acidity and Ganoderma is used in ancient Chinese cultures and different cultures around the world who practice holistic healthcare. It is used to literally cure cancer, guys. This antioxidant will literally change your life. I'm sure you guys have heard about different mushrooms and crazy things that are just so good for you that we are now discovering. And this coffee is like, I call it the coffee that cures. So it's like you guys drink coffee every single day. Regardless, why not drink coffee that's going to give you incredible like nutrients and antioxidants and just help you live a healthier life. And it tastes amazing. Um, I love this coffee because it comes in single packs. You don't have to like waste any Keurig cups or make a whole pot. It's just single individual packets. All you need is hot water to make it. So you can bring it um, to work with you or you can bring it anywhere. As long as you have hot water, you can make this coffee. It is so delicious. It's so good. And you can get it for only 66 cents a packet. So they come in packets of, I believe, 30 and they're only $20. So it's less than a dollar per cup. You are saving money. Stop going to Starbucks and wasting $5 every single day and start drinking coffee that is actually better for your health. If you are interested in getting a bag of the coffee, I'm going to put a link in the um, show notes or wherever that is. I'm going to put a link somewhere. If you guys look at this podcast, if you look at like the notes that I put, you will find a link to look up more about this coffee and purchase it if you are interested. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Evolve Your Life podcast. Today, I have a very, very, very special guest, one of my absolute best friends, that I have still yet to meet in person. <laughs> have been working together for almost a, a year now, I would say, probably like eight, nine months. Yeah. Heather is someone who came to me wanting fitness advice, wanting to lean up, tone up. And at that point in my life, I was, that's how I was coaching. I was coaching women to lose weight and just kind of more gym focused. And as I evolved, Heather is someone that has stuck with me and has evolved with me. And so we together have, it's went from just being a coach and coachy relationship into now we're absolute best friends. And now I'm helping her build her business. And she has so many incredible things to say and stories. And she's just 
one of those people that like lights up my day every day. So I wanted her to bring her on here. So she had that platform to light up your day as well. So without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Heather. <laughs> Hello. I just want to kind of have you introduce yourself to people, like tell everybody about like, who are you? What do you do? Where are you from? Just kind of give us like the lowdown on Heather. Okay. So I'm a long winded talker, but I'm going to try and keep this short because I feel like this is probably the hardest question for anyone to ever answer is who are you? But my name is Heather Biltock. Hello, everyone listening. I am originally from Oklahoma, but I moved to Florida when I was in third going into fourth grade pretty much been here almost ever since. I went to Florida State University. I got my bachelor's there. And ever since graduating, I have been pursuing really, I want to say just media. I work in TV news right now. I'm a producer. I worked in Jacksonville right out of college. I then moved to Baltimore and I worked for CBS actually there. I ended up moving back And I went into advertising. I worked as an ad agency producer for a little bit. And now I have found myself coming full circle. And I am back in the news industry, currently doing um, a bunch of different newscasts for a local news station here. So uh, other than that, I don't really know what to say. (laughs) You are totally fine. Um, Okay, so I like want to hear about your story. Obviously, I know your story, but the people listening do not. So I really want to just first and foremost, give everyone that backstory. So you can go as in-depth as you want, or you can keep it short and sweet. But remember, this is a podcast. So the people here listening are here to listen. So you don't feel like you have to cut anything short. Like if you want to talk, talk our ears off, talk as long as you want. um, And just give us as much information as you want to kind of show everyone how you got to be who you are today. All right. So I have to go back pretty far for this. Um, I, when I was a little girl, I was like tiny petite and I actually suffer from asthma and it's not like most people be like, Oh, I have asthma. Like my asthma is triggered very easily. And as a kid, I mean, anything and everything was triggering it. Um, I don't know what triggered this one night, but there was a night my parents had to rush me to the ER because they found me basically deprived of oxygen. It was the middle of the night. My finger beds were purple. My lips were starting to turn purple. I wasn't getting the oxygen that I needed. And so I I was rushed to the ER. They did multiple uh, breathing treatments, I want to say. Usually nebulizers are what's used, but I was so young, I don't know exactly what they used. And from that point, because of how many treatments they had to do, I think they put me on, I think that was when they put me on this steroid that made every kid pretty much just blow up that was put on it. I danced my entire life. So being physical wasn't really not part of who I was. I had I've danced since I was two. And so when I gained a bunch of weight from these steroids, it wasn't that I wasn't physical enough to prevent myself from gaining the weight. And like, let's be honest, as kids, you're not worried about your size. You're not worried about what you look like. You're not worried about what people are saying because we as kids don't really say anything. You know, like bullying is a learned behavior. Bullying is something that comes a little bit later in life. 
And I'm super lucky I was spared as a super young child, but I can't say the same for middle and high school. So I moved to Florida, like I said earlier, when I was going into fourth grade. And elementary school was pretty great. I mean, let's all think back to elementary school. What worries did we honestly have then? Because I don't know about you, but I would love to go back and have those worries in my days than the ones that I do now. Um, I went into middle school and that was, oh, that was a scary time called my dark ages. I was over 200 pounds by this point. And I mean, to all the guys and girls that are listening to this and have grown up overweight, I mean, you know, people are just not nice. People say things. And then that's also the time that you're like, oh, like, I really want boys to like me. And I was friends with everyone. I was a girl and, and I, I knew this at the time too. Like, this is what I would tell myself. I was like, oh, I was just the best friend. I'm just the friend. No one likes me because I'm fat. People would say awful things to me, but like, at least in middle school, I still had my friends that kind of protected me and we were in gifted. So we were segregated from the entire rest of the school. It was like literally just two classes of us. I rarely knew anyone outside of my two classes that I went to sixth, seventh and eighth grade with. But it, the bullying that I suffered in middle school was not really as much in school as it was in dance. I loved dancing, but I didn't have the body type of a dancer. I was so, so far from the body type of a dancer. And I had been on the competitive dance team for a couple of years and one year I didn't make it. And there was conflicting responses as to why you know, I was told, oh, well, Heather stood in the corner of the room with her arms folded. So she had a bad attitude. And no offense, but that's just not me. And yeah, people have seen me. People will look at me. And sometimes I've been told, not sometimes, more more often than not, like, oh, Heather, you always have resting bitch face. And you look so like harsh when we first approach you. And if you ever to anyone, all of you listening, if you ever meet me, like, please don't be afraid to come talk to me because I'm probably not in a bad mood. It's probably just me thinking it's my serious thinking face. But the other response that had been trickled down to me was that my body didn't fit the image that they wanted for the team. And I was maybe like eighth grade at this point, And that broke me. I mean, you're 13 years old and you didn't make something, not because you weren't skilled enough, not because you weren't good enough, but because you didn't look the way that they wanted to. And that kind of immediately sent me down this like path of like, okay, well, what can I do? I remember doing crunches every night and like, trying to do sit-ups and like, I even tried to give running a, a try and I am not a runner. And we switched studios because it was just, it got very hostile because I mean, my, my parents had my back, especially my mom. My mom went to bat for me. She did not like what they were doing and probably what they would cause. And they probably to this day don't realize what they've done to my self-esteem because it didn't just stop there. It was something that continued all through dance and literally for the rest of my life until I decided to make a change nearly a decade later. So I went to another studio, had a falling out there with girls because girls are jealous. I guess I don't really know what exactly happened there, but they weren't really the nicest to me. And it 
caused another kerfuffle and ended up going back to the studio that I was at before. Cause I told my mom, you know, I want to go back. I had missed the, my friends that I had there. I had missed, I mean, that was where that was my studio that I grew up at in Florida. And so I wanted to go back and this was like maybe, yeah, maybe ninth grade. I'm not really sure exactly when, but take me out of dance real quick. Let me take you out of the dance realm because I need to fast forward a little bit in school. So like I said, middle school was a little bit bad, but high school was the worst before college. Um, my first day of school, I went to a school that almost none of my friends went to. It was an hour away from my house. It was an interbaccalaureate school. You know, my parents really wanted me to go to a good academic school. So I did. And my first day of school, I got asked, like this girl yelled across the courtyard at me while I was walking, like, Hey girl, are you pregnant? Are you still And pregnant? I, yeah, like I got, I mean, it really, it makes me want to cry, like thinking about it right now, because I didn't know what to say. Like I didn't have any support system around me, except I, there were like two friends next to me at the time. And they were just like, it's okay, Heather. Like, don't, don't respond. And they just like kind of shuffled me away. And so, you know, I had great friends at that school and made great friends. Some of them left because like I said, it was an hour away. It was, I don't really know how to describe it, but they're magnet schools here. So I don't know if people have magnet schools where they are or kind of like privatized charter schools. I'm not really sure how to explain them for everyone, but you have to apply and it's like a lottery to get into them. And so because it was so far away, the friends that did live near where I did, a lot of them left. And then the friends that I did make there, a lot of them lived very far away from me. So I had them when I was at school, but then when I left, all I had was the dance studio. And so when you have the dance studio, I'm telling you, I went back to, but was such a weird vibe, you know, like, knowing I had this thought always in the back of my head of like, I need to prove to them that I'm good enough. You know, like I want to look good. I want to be like all the other girls. I want to be skinny enough for them. I want them to like me. And then at school I'm dealing with, okay, well, I don't know what comments going to be thrown my way, but these are the people that I'm comfortable around. My friends are here. I went there for a year and ended up leaving to go to my neighborhood school because I made the dance team there. It was a lot closer. I wanted to experience high school. I wanted to hang out with my friends. I wanted to go to football games. I just wanted to be a teenager, you know, like I I wanted to have that. And so best decision I ever made in high school was to go back to my home school. I mean, that's where all my friends that I had grown up were. That's where I made my like really good friends that I still talk to now. I mean, my best friend, the only friend that I've held since middle school, since sixth grade. I mean, he's my best friend to this day. Uh, we got to be like hand in hand. People knew that we were just almost always together and, uh, did the dance team and yet again, found myself having dance just destroy me. Um, there was one day that a teacher in front of me, had cornered me and my mom and was like, you need to make sure you need to put your daughter on a diet. She is fat. She needs to eat salad. Like, 
And all this was stemming from them seeing me eat just a couple M&Ms. Right. I got swatted eating a couple M&Ms and they ended up going after my mom telling her that I needed to change. That is just, that is just crazy. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, what do you do as, as a kid when an adult is telling you, th- I mean, I was the type of kid that was told like to respect your adults, like respect your teachers. Like I couldn't, I, I couldn't say anything back. And I also was just so, whether people thought I was confident or not, like, or not when I was younger, I'm going to be honest. I wasn't like most of the time it was just a front. I didn't tell people I, I didn't express myself. I had kind of that chip on my shoulder of like, well, you know, like I'm going to prove you wrong. Like, and I've always been that way. Like I'm going to do everything and anything to prove to you that I am not what you think I am. And for me, that wasn't, let me prove to you that I'm going to lose weight. It was, let me prove to you that I'm going to be a fucking success despite what you're telling me, you know? And that kind of has always driven me. So I didn't do dance team again. I refused to go, to go back. I finished out that year and I, on a whim, was like, I'm going to try out for cheerleading. I'm going to try out for the varsity cheerleading squad. I made it. My parents were like, uh, okay. Like they didn't expect it. The team of cheerleaders had no clue that this girl was just going to come and be like, Oh, I'm going to be a varsity cheerleader. And so, yep. Yet again, I was one of the bigger ones. That was a challenge because you had to be very physically fit. And like I said, running was not my thing. I ended up going into a relationship. It was like my first real relationship, uh, towards the end of my junior year. And I guess that was all good and dandy. I mean, any high school, it's a high school relationship. So I went through my senior year. I had segregated myself from a lot of my friends for that relationship. And that's, I mean, that's like a whole different story, like where you just push out people. But towards the end of that relationship, why I bring that up is comments started to be made of, you know, you need to go to the gym with me. You should work out like little passive comments that I was like, what? And, and still, I mean, you have to keep in mind through all this, like in my head with the very little confidence that I did have, there was always a part of me that was like, just questioning why it truly mattered to everyone. Why people always had to bring up my size, why people had to bring up my weight, you know, like, but on the flip side, it was like, okay, like the very submissive, like weak part of me was stronger than the confident side of me. And so I ended up getting my heart broken, you know, high school Heather. And within a day, it didn't even, I mean, I want to say broken. I think I cried for like an hour and then I applied to go move to Florida state. I was like, Nope. All right. We're going we're we're going to fulfill your dreams. You're not going to let someone stop you. So I had money saved from that summer, moved out to Florida state within three weeks. Uh, I couldn't apply for the fall because I had missed the deadline to apply for the fall by one day and went out to the community college because I was like, well, I have almost two years of school done in high school. I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to lose that time because my goal was I'm going to graduate in three years college, college was college. I mean, I, it was a a time in my life that I think 
what I went through in middle school and high school and then moving out on my own, I, I don't know if I was ready to really take on being me because I didn't know who me was. And I let the worst of influences kind of guide who I was going to become in those three years. I think, sorry to interrupt, but I think that because I relate to this so much and I think with college, especially a lot of people, it is the time when you like really figure out who you are. And I feel like there's two ways you can go that people go. It's like they let people influence them their freshman year. They maybe do all the like going out and whatnot. And then they continue to do that and they continue to let people influence them. And then that's who they become. And then they leave college and they're like, who the hell am I? Because then their friends are gone or the route that I ended up taking. And I know a lot of people either listening or like, I know I have friends that did this as well. It's like, you have that first semester, that first year, and then you kind of, you go home for that first summer and you're like, what the heck? Like, like, what am I doing with my life? Like, why am I going out every night? Like, why, like, this isn't good for me. And you realize early on in college, and then you can use your college years to really shape who you are while you're there. And so I think that people kind of take two different routes to it. But I think at the end of the day, as long as people are like realizing, like you said, there are bad influences, especially in that kind of time frame of our life but if you can kind of silence them and like push through and focus on you and what you want to do and finding out who you are and what you love and all those things then it's like a recipe for success yeah no I a hundred percent like there were so many people around me that I watched just kind of wait I don't want to say waste their lives away but just let the worst to get to them and drag them down. And like me, I, I didn't go out. I worked multiple jobs. By the time my third year, I was working full time at the news station. I mean, I was a workhorse. I was always taking 18 credit hours. I had a goal that I was going to graduate in three years. I was going to graduate at the age of 20 and nothing was going to stop me on that front. But who I was and how I was being treated by the people that I was surrounded with and the relationship that I was in, I had been that person. And I know I'm not alone where you realize things are wrong and people are telling you that things aren't okay. I mean, and I had been told it in the beginning and I just pushed them away. I mean, I was the one that was arguing. I was like, you have no idea what you're talking about. You, you don't know. Like I put up such a wall, but there was a part of me that also just wasn't accepting reality and wasn't, I was scared. So I, that took me a bit to realize too. I was scared to open up to people because they didn't real they couldn't see what was going on. So like, how would they believe me? You know, like, so I just, I just put my head down and try to make things work because I, I didn't know how to get out. And I just, I, I really think that that's maybe why I was so heavily involved in my work and school and just wanting to get out. And I was so dedicated to that, that a lot of people just thought my life was so great, you know, like, and, and social media, Instagram wasn't really a thing back then. I mean, I started my Instagram in college and like, that was kind of like your outlet. Social media was your outlet to make your life seem perfect. And the reality is it is so far from, and it will never be. You know, like perfection is defined to each person as their own, but my life was nowhere near what I wanted it to be as perfect. And I didn't even know how to get it there. So I graduated. I made my goal. I got my first job. Like I accepted, oh, it was awesome. I accepted my first job 
the day I graduated. And I knew I was going to move back home and with my parents for a little bit. And I was going to embark on this journey to be a TV news producer. So that was 2014. I worked overnights. So I had no life. <laughs> like I worked like 10 at night till 10 in the morning. I was nocturnal. People rarely saw me, but I also, because of that, and the relationship I was in, that was like the only person that I saw. And that was such a dangerous thing for me. And it became that all those things that people told me, I started to realize were reality. And I didn't know I was really like, I was really stuck at this point because we had lived together. And I, I just was going to work more often. I was trying to escape. I didn't want to go home. I, no one knew, like I had tried to to get out at a certain point and everyone questioned me. Like people were like, but why? And I, and I blame myself to a certain extent of not speaking up, but like you have to go through something like that to understand why you need to speak up and that it is okay to. And so, um, there, there was, I was very out, like I was out of this, I was out of this relationship I had been blamed at this point for making that person overweight. You know, like I was being told the worst things. I was trying to lose weight myself because I had been inspired by a trip to my brother in Oklahoma who he's really built. Um, he used to be a little skinny, skinny, scrawny thing. And he's now very muscular, very fit. And I had gone out to see him for a week and I was like, you know what? I want to go to the gym. Like, I just want to go. Like, so I started kind of fell off a little bit. And in that my first year in Jacksonville post-grad, I like, finally, it was like things clicked, you know, I, I had been given the confidence in one phrase from one of my best friends at the time that made me just go, all right, I can do it. It was like late at night. And I was like, that's it. Like I'm doing it. I woke up one morning, just a few days later I was like, today is the day that I'm going to end this relationship that's been holding me down. I went to work. I came home. I broke up with him. I packed my bag. I took my dog in a crate and I left. And that was the best damn decision I've ever made to this day in my life. You know, like I pushed that moment. That moment was the pivoting point in becoming who I am today. Do you remember what the phrase was that you're friend told you that you said that like inspired you to, to officially do that do that that they loved me oh my gosh I was not expecting that I thought you were gonna say like some incredible quote or something like no that's incredible that they loved me that just shows, and, it just shows that like what people and I'm fortunate enough to say that I've never been in a, an abusive relationship mentally or physically but I have a lot of friends who have like a lot of friends and it, it, it makes me sad that out of my like eight best friends, six of them have, have been in abusive relationships, have been raped, have been sexually assaulted. And it just, that's a whole nother subject, but I, it, it is crazy to hear you say that, like the fact that she told you that she loved you, it, like you hadn't felt love, you know, and yeah, you hadn't yeah. Felt love like in your relationship. And so it kind of showed you that, you, you needed that and you needed that for yourself. Yeah. Like I, I tell everyone that 
well, we'll, we'll get to this one later, but I'll finish. Let me, let me get there, I guess, through the rest of, <laughs> let me get past the bad times to the good. Mm-hmm. Um, because now, now it was like, I get to be who I want to be, you know, like no one was gonna, I, I was, I was like, no one's going to stop me. You know, like I stayed with my parents for a couple of days. One of my friends let me move in with her for two weeks. I got my first apartment on my own. It was like, my dad helped me for my birthday. Cause my birthday was two weeks later. Like I moved in a, four days after my birthday and it was my first place to call my own. And I was just like, I didn't know what I was going to do. I, I was just so proud. Like I had, I was like, no one, no, I'm never going to let someone make me feel that way again. Mm-hmm. And, and I haven't, I refuse to, I was like, I am never going to be quiet about what's going on. I'm never going to, uh, let someone talk to me that way again. I'm never going to stop being unapologetically me because if someone's going to be in my life, they're going to have to accept me for who I am. And so that kind of sent me down this path of, okay, well, I'm just all those negatives in my life. If you, and I know this sounds awful, like this sounds awful what I'm about to say, but I think it's the best decision everyone, anyone could ever make. If someone doesn't add value to your life, if someone doesn't add, you know, just something worth being there, you know, I got rid of them. Mm -hmm. I cut them off. I mean, I, I was like, I'm, I'm tired of wasting my energy to have you here because you aren't as much as I put into you, you're never putting it into me. So why? Yeah. And I I mean, I literally, it was like a max exodus, like Mm -hmm. bye. And, uh, a few months later I moved to Baltimore, you know, like I was so confident. I fell in love. I, had my family, my friend, like everyone was starting to realize, whoa, like Heather's starting to make changes. And they stood behind me for that. You know, like the people who started to see who I was or knew who I was and were learning what I went through was standing right beside me and supporting me along the way. And, and that was something I wasn't used to either. And so it took me a bit to also get used to, um, like just being cared for if that makes sense, you know, like I wasn't used to having people want to be there. I wasn't used to, and, and, and let me, let me say this. Like my family has always been there for me. Like I am not saying that at all. It was me not opening up to them for them to realize that they needed to be there more. You know, like I didn't feel comfortable. I was scared. And that's something that over the past three years I've worked on. And so you know, since Baltimore, then we moved back. I, I really just went through a very tough time battling a legal company there, or I went through a legal battle with a a company there. Um, when I came back to Jacksonville, it continued and it was all because someone said that they just wanted to ruin my life. So petty. Um, I went through a very tough time there because I lost my job that I had moved back for because of that legal battle. I was unemployed for two months. Um, we had spent all of our money to move back down. So we were very broke. I mean, I felt so low and the people who had sparked this legal battle were people that I thought were my friends. And so that really kind of, you know, had me questioning, Oh, what the heck? Like, what did I ever do? You know, like, 
all I've ever tried to be is nice to the people around me. Um, and I, I accepted the ad agency job like that came at the best, at the best and worst time. And the agency job like that started in October of 2016. And then I had everything, you know, like I, I think it's important for me to say, and yes, if you've made it this far, because I spent forever talking about my life, um, it took that long for me to have everything in place to ever start my journey in fitness. Truly. Right. Like I needed to get my, all of my shit straight before I could ever focus on me. I know that's maybe kind of backwards, but like I had to have my job. I had to make sure everything was taken care of. Like, and then I could invest in. I think that's a really good point for the people that are listening because maybe they're really, really struggling to get on the whole like fitness and health wagon, or maybe they like try really hard and they keep falling off. Maybe like what Heather just said, maybe don't look so deep into like why you can't get to the gym every day or why you can't stick to it. Maybe look at the other aspects of your life. Like, are those things in place? Like, are you in a good relationship? Like, are you happy at your job? Like, are you happy with who you are and who, and do you know who you are? And once you have those things in place, I think that health and fitness just almost falls into your lap because it goes so hand in hand with self-development and all that kind of stuff. So if you're really struggling to be healthy, be fit, and just like get into that like routine of finding a place in the gym where you actually thrive and feel happy. Maybe don't try so hard to find what you love in fitness. Maybe try a little harder to fix the other things in your life. And then the fitness will kind of just like flow with it. So important. Like I can't stress enough how important it is to not let fitness or whatever your outlet is be your escape from what you're trying to run away from, because then it's going to turn unhealthy you know, like you're going to, you're going to start looking at that as like, you're just going to start beating yourself up. You know, like that is the one thing that I'm going to, that's my only source of comfort and happiness and stuff like that. And you don't want it to be that way because it's going to, it's going to come crumbling down later. You know, you're going to realize I made maybe not the right decision on how I got here. So give yourself time, like give yourself time, like just be patient. I know I'm one of the most impatient people ever, but if your life is not where you need it to be like some missing, like submersing, whatever I can't speak, but like just diving into something else as an escape doesn't get rid of all the other problems that are going on. So you kind of have to just make sure that everything is okay before you add something to it. Yes. And I think, and I did this with fitness. It was fitness became my life. And because fitness is a healthy outlet, it's not like you're doing drugs or alcohol or you're whatever. I always told people when they would kind of question me like, Oh, like, why are you so obsessed with going to the gym? Or even I would question myself, like, why am I so obsessed with this? I would justify it because I would say, well, at least it's a healthy habit and at least it's a healthy obsession. And I I would just say, it's my outlet. It's my stress reliever. Like this is super healthy for me. And it may have been healthy for my body. Obviously sometimes it got unhealthy for my body, but it was very unhealthy for my mind. And I'm just now like, since I've done all this self-reflection, realizing that realizing that yes, fitness is an amazing tool, but it should never become your entire life. I mean, that being said, yeah, there's people who do bodybuilding competitions and like fitness is their entire life. But, and if that's what you truly, truly deep down want to do and you are happy in all aspects of your life, then 
by all means, go for it. But I would say 99% of the population is not that way. If something, it can be fitness, it can be like collecting something, it can be, it can be anything. If it is 110% like your life is how you define yourself, you have to take a step back and realize that nothing should define you like that. You should be able to design who you are by what you believe in and like do digger, bigger and deeper digging into who you are. Because I know I, and I know so many people do that with fitness because it is a great outlet. It is healthy. You release endorphins, you see progress, you see results, but people get so far deep into it. And it ultimately like the healthiest form of X, like the healthiest form of like stress relief actually turns unhealthy. And it's, it's a crazy thing that I think so many people go through. Yeah. I, in like bouncing off of you, I think you and I have both experienced this. Fitness is a slippery road to, to go down. Like it's a slippery road. If you're not in the mindset to be going down it because quickly you're going to become obsessed with looking good and it's going to become aesthetic. It's not really going to be about feeling good. It's going to be like, Oh man, I'm so skinny today. I hit a new low. Like that's what you become obsessed with. You become obsessed with the physical changes and that is so harmful because if bodybuilders and people who pursue fitness as a career, they are trained. They have coaches. That is their job. They are paying attention to it like a doctor, you know, like they, that is a hundred percent. They are doing it for themselves mentally and physically, and it's still fucking hard on them. So if you're doing it as your own and you're just like, Oh, this is good for me. That's not really, I, I, I really want you to take a step back and just be like, but why, like, why am I doing this? Do I love doing this? Like I go to the gym personally because I love doing it. And I mean, Gabby, you've seen me really go up and down in the past year. And even over the past two years, y'all have been on quite the roller coaster of who I am in my journey in fitness and becoming comfortable with what I see when I look at myself in the mirror. When I started in the gym at the end of 2016, you know, like I went into the gym, not because I wanted to lose weight, not because I wanted to look good. And people may not know this, but like, I was like, I just want to be healthy long-term in my life. That's it. I have health issues. My family has health issues. And I spent two months researching gyms, researching programs with my brother and one of his friends at the time, um, to find the place that I felt most at home because I wanted to go in there and I just wanted to be a little bit more physical. So that way I could proactively prevent any health issues from starting later in my life. When I first signed up, man, did I have some people being like, you are never ever going to stick with this. You're wasting your money. (laughs) They didn't believe that I like people were like flabbergasted that I was doing this. You know, it, it was silly. I didn't understand why people thought it was like such a big thing for me to be signing up for the gym. But I made this pact that with my father, that if I could go three day, three weekdays a week for three months, I would form a habit. You know, it takes almost three months of doing things to make it a habit. And I was like, if I do, then it'll be worth my money. And then by that point, I'll probably still be wanting to go. Three days turned into four, turned into five, turned into that is now like my home away from home. And it, for the first, I mean, it took me eight months to even get used to being in there. I spent eight months just getting my body used to doing movements on machines. And 
I did like a work conference out in Austin. I did my first CrossFit class. And in that moment, I was like, I'm going to go back home and I am ready to do like big boy weights. Like I'm going to go to the big boy side of the gym. I'm going to start lifting weights. I just want to try it. Like there was something about that CrossFit class that just like lit something inside me that I was ready to kind of take that step. So I came back. I asked one of the trainers at the Y to help me with each like different movements in free weights so that I could in that moment learn the form and then build off of that. Fast forward a couple months uh, where I had done a couple programs that I bought. It was actually, um, I forget how I ended up getting there, but I bought a guide through an Instagram fitspo and, uh, Don't did we? that. <laughs> I mean, I feel like last year, last year was the year of the fitspo. Like, was. <laughs> last year was the year of like, I've got my $25 guide, buy it and your life's going to change. And I was like, all right, I'm totally on board this marketing scheme. Let me do it. Like you were on the other side of it, but I was totally one of those people like died again. (laughs) Still am to be honest, but the guides are more better focused, but I was, I I totally did it. I can, I can sit here with my hand up and say, I'm guilty. Like, and, and using keywords like fat loss in six weeks or like I, I, I literally went through my website only like a few weeks ago and deleted like my macro ebook because I don't believe in that stuff anymore. Or I, and I deleted like my ab guide. Cause like people see that and they think like, Oh, if I do Gabby's ab guide, I'm going to have Gabby's abs. And it's like, no, that's not how it works. And I don't, I don't want to promote that, but no, I, I just think it's funny. Cause I know exactly like, what <laughs> <you're thinking about. laughs> no, I mean, and like, dude, I am not bashing any fitspos out there. When I say this, like mad props to all y'all because Instagram consumes a ton of time. And if that is your business, like, you're literally staring at your phone and your computer all day and that can be exhausting. So kudos y'all rock. You got me because I purchased the guide and here I am. So I think it's like, it's like you see with Instagram, there's different phases. It's like there was the clean eating phase and everyone was doing bikini competitions. And then it was like, okay, everyone's doing challenges and guides. And now everybody's starting to shift into the self-development and the, and the, all of that kind of stuff. And so I think it's just like, we're just going to keep going through all these phases and we're going to keep all learning and growing together. Cause I feel like a lot of us are around the same age and like, we're all learning and developing at the same time. And it's just, it's funny to see all these different trends and like one person kind of starts a new trend and then it just keeps going and going. And I really do see people are really starting to get away from like fat loss and like weight loss and all these detox guides and everything. And people are really starting to dive into personal development, self growth. And it's, I mean, I think it's personally incredible because that's the base of my business as well. But, um, but no, I think it is. I no no hate, no shade to anybody because girl, I was, I was one of them. <laughs> and it, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to see people that are shifting their mindsets, you know, like realizing that there's so much more to life than how they look. And I am so blessed one, like I'm going to plug it that I've gotten to see you sh- like just evolve and transform in that way. So like, I had done the guide, you know, I was looking good. People are like, Oh, Heather, like people started associating me with fitness because I loved going to the gym. Like I, at this point though, people didn't know I was still restricting myself food wise. You know, like I was still obsessed with, uh, the fat percentage when I did the Takata, I was still obsessed with how much that number on the scale. Like I was still tracking 
You know, like there were things that I were doing that were still harming myself, but I was taking the steps in the right direction. Uh, when I decided, I was like, I'm going to get a tra- trainer, you know, like I had just been laid off from my job. I had, uh, accepted another job to go back in the news, which was a very tough decision for me to make. Um, I loved my job. I loved the job that I was laid off from. That was my family. And it was devastating to me to lose that. And so that was another tough time. That was just earlier this year. And when I accepted my new job and I started that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to hire a coach. And I had done my rounds on Instagram because I didn't want to hire someone in person. I wanted to hire someone that I connected with online for some reason. That was like what I did. I wanted a female. I knew that. And I had been following you for a bit. And I... (laughs) You and I have talked about this before, but I was like, I'm just going to message her. (laughs) I don't know if she's going to respond, but I'm going to message her. And, oh, I was so lucky you had spots open. And we like talked on the phone. It was right before you went to Thailand. So we talked on the phone. We immediately clicked. And I was like, that's it. She's it. That's who's going to be coaching me. And we have gone down literally the best path. And like, I'm so blessed that life somehow brought me to you because when I first started talking to you, I mean, I, I remember telling you like, I am not trying to lose weight. I just want to be strong. Mm-hmm. And that was like a really tough thing for me at the time, because I mean, everyone probably experiences this where it's like, you were so conditioned your entire life. I mean, it was almost, it was 24 years of my life that I've been like, influenced to think that tinier is better. A smaller number is the best that I wanted to lose, not gain, but I wanted to be strong. You know, like I had worked so hard to be able to do weights to this point that I was ready to just really kind of take it to the next level. I don't want to do a show. I don't want to do anything like that. I just want to build. But what you have learned about me through that time is that that was like still semi without really knowing a cover up for me kind of just hiding my insecurities, you know, like I was still very insecure. I have battled eating disorders. That's something I glazed over, um, in my life, you know, like it took me a really long time to admit to people that I would throw up in the bathroom and hide it from them that I would starve myself in college. There was a phase that I would eat a pack of ramen a day and then I would go and work out at the gym. And that's all I did. You know, like I was hiding a lot of these bad habits from people because I just didn't want people to know. And when it came to coaching with you, I was still battling those types of thoughts, you know, like I was still hating, not a hundred percent, but there were days that I would just be like, I hate the body that I live in. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like tired of trying to make it better. You know, like there were those days and what ended up happening is how you worked with me and how my body started changing. There was like this epiphany and there have been so many nights where, I mean, Garrett, Garrett is like, I mean, you know, I talk about it all the time to you, but like, is my rock mm-hmm. <laughs> and has always known the difficulties that I've gone through with food and has always been there to make sure that I'm eating and, and stuff like that. And it was, it was the first time that I started to open up to him to be like, I, I, you know, like I'm eating, 
you know, there was a slow steady phase where I started to realize that I, the first half of us coaching, I still was obsessed with losing weight. You know, like I was cutting like how your workouts were working for me. It was slimming my body down. And I was like, so obsessed with how I looked. I was like, Oh my God, I look so good. I'm so tiny. People were even asking me like, do you eat? And I'd be like, yeah, I eat. And I, I was like happy with it, but it was like superficially happy. And it wasn't until I like started to be like, well, I'm like, I'm hungry. I want to eat. And I would like eat and I'd feel guilty the next morning. And, and, and that even happens to this day too. But there was one day where I turned to Garrett, we were like sitting there eating dinner. And, and I was like, you know, something that I love about working out is that it allows me to eat finally. Like it had clicked in me that what I do in the gym and how I have formed in the gym has helped me break my eating disorder Mm -hmm. because I, I started to not pay attention to the scale. I mean, I haven't weighed myself in months. I refuse to, I'm actually terrified to step on the scale because I know if I do it, I'm risking breaking all the progress that I've made. So I refuse to step on the scale. I pay attention to how my body feels. I take progress photos. I eat whatever I want now. And yes, yes, I still have body dysmorphia. Yes, I still feel guilty multiple times a week because Gabby gets texts and phone calls from me. <laughs> like, it's never going to go away. It's always going to be there. But I'm finally at a point that I eat whatever I want, however much I want. And I go to the gym five times a week. I love going to the gym. It is like my... It truly is my stress reliever. Like I don't, my life is in such a great spot that, I mean, I have so much to say. Uh, let me wrap it up by saying this because we're kind of coming to the end. And this is, I've told Gabby this multiple times. And this was something that my dad taught me last year that I have taken so to heart and is so important. And I will preach this to every client that I ever have and any person that ever wants to talk to me about becoming a better you embracing you. I don't want to say becoming a better you, but just like being you is your mind, your body and your soul. Those three things are the most important thing that you have to tend to every single day. You have to give each three things, each thing attention, whether it's five minutes or more, you have to make sure those three things are balanced in a day. Because if one of them is hurting, you're hurting. All of them will crumble at that point. My mind, body, and soul, like I go to the gym and I'm not like pounding. Like some days I go fast, but there's a lot of times that I take my time and it's because I think. I sit there, I breathe. I have a lot of like thoughts about the day, my day before. I evaluate a lot of things. I just kind of center myself and then I go about my day. And that is so crucial to me. It's not about how I look anymore. It's about how I feel, not even in my body, but in my mind. And so, I mean, that's really in 30 minutes, you've learned my evolution from a wee little baby to a 25 year old hitting her quarter life century crisis, AKA the best, best year of my life so far. It's been the hardest year, but it has been the best year. And I just hit it in September, but you know, like it's going to take time. I'm still going on it. Everyone listening to this, I guarantee y'all are still going on it. Even if you're telling yourself, no, 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 I'm there. Like 
please, please remind yourself that you're going to have days. You're going to have relapses, whether it was body dysmorphia, bulimia, anorexia, like binge eating, whatever you're doing, you're going to have some down days and that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to realize that, Hey, you're not alone, even as alone as you feel and talk. I've, I'm more vocal about my deep, dark thoughts with those close to me than I've ever been. And really like I'm at the best place in my life I've ever been. I'm truly happy. I have days where I'm like having an identity crisis of like, what do I want to be when I grow up? But all in all, overall, I am in the best place of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think it's so important, important that, that did like, you did talk to me, you did talk to Garrett, you opened up. And I think that that's something that's so important for everyone listening. Like, and especially to going back in your story to your relationship, your abusive relationship, like you talked to someone, you listened. And it's like, a lot of times people just push these feelings down. They push these emotions down because they are quote unquote bad, or it makes them weak, or it makes them, people are going to judge them for thinking this way or having this issue in their life. Talk, speak, do like, if you don't speak, who's no one's going to speak for you. And this is your life. And you are in charge of your life and your happiness and the way it goes. And if you don't talk to those around you, and if, say you don't even have people around you that you feel comfortable talking to, that goes back to what we talked about earlier with surrounding yourself with the best tribe. Like Heather reached out to me on Instagram and we've changed our lives together. And it was one simple message and one little phone call that allowed us to embark on this journey together. So I don't care if your inspiration has 5,000 followers or 5 million followers, like try and reach out to people and reach out to people in your actual life too, because they might be struggling as well. And if you don't speak up, then you're never going to get that help and those answers that you want. I think that it's so important. And be, be selective of who you reach out to. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Because because like, don't just be like, Oh, my friend, like make sure that no matter how deep and dark of a thought you're going to tell them that before you open up, that they love you unconditionally, mm-hmm. that you know that in your heart that they love you unconditionally because huh, man, I have laid some serious things on Garrett and the poor thing has just been like, wow, but he loves me unconditionally. My parents are the same way. His parents are the same way. You're the same way. Like my, my best girlfriend, Celia is the same. Like every person that I've ever t- decided to open up to most of them, to be honest, have been through something themselves, but two, they're either related to me or three, they truly love me unconditionally. And that is so important because if you open up to the wrong person, it can backfire. And I'm not discouraging you from opening up. I'm just making, I'm like, I'm like your little bowling bumpers, y'all like, like, yes, it's going to be a bumpy ride. You're going to hit some, some walls along the way. But just make sure that your path and who you decide to walk towards and who you decide to open up towards is going to be that strike because you're just going to feel so much better. You're going to heal together. That person is going to realize maybe just a little bit of what you're going through. They may be able to empathize with you. Maybe they won't, but just talk. I mean, I talk to myself out loud sometimes too, but like find the one person that's willing to listen to you and open up to them. Just lay it on them. It's never going to be easy for them to take in. It's always going to be kind of like a, 
right turn, but do it. Mm-hmm. It's the best thing you can do for yourself. Okay. I have some final, just like fire questions. You don't have to go yeah. too in depth with these, but I want to give the listeners just some tangible things. So I have, I think three more questions for you. Um, and I'm excited for these ones because I'm, I think I know what you're going to say and I think it's going to be so valuable to everyone listening. So, um, what tangible things, like actual things that you can do, do you do on a morning when you are struggling with negative body image or, or a morning when you wake up and you feel bloated? Cause I know something, that's something you deal with. You do with bloating in the morning, which is most people feel lean in the morning, but you deal with bloating. Like what tangible things can you tell people to do when they wake up and they just are not feeling comfortable in their body? Yeah. I mean, on the mornings that I book my first class seat on the bloat train express, I immediately walk to the mirror and I take a picture of myself. Um, I usually am either like in leggings or like bottoms and a sports bra. And I take a picture of myself. I have a folder on my phone called progress fix or just progress. And it's filled with pictures that I have taken of myself for months, right? Like someone probably look at it and be like, Oh, she's so selfish. No, that is my coping mechanism. I'll look at it and then I will lay them next to each other. I have a program on that called layout and I will maybe do just two pictures or I'll do like a couple and I look and physically remind myself, you are changing. Whether your mind is seeing it when you look at your mirror by yourself or not, that proof is right there in front of me. Like I am looking at, even though I feel bloated, I'm looking and seeing just how far I've come And I have to acknowledge that because it's proof, you know, like it is proof in the pudding that I am actually making these changes that my mind not isn't believing in that moment. So that's my biggest suggestion is to take pictures. My second, when you're ready, going back to what we just talked about, I will literally say out loud to Garrett almost every morning and every day that I feel not good. Hey, I'm having those thoughts this morning. Hey, I woke up feeling this way. And the more that I say that, the more I, my rebound time shortens. The more I realize, you know, Oh, Oh, it's just in your head. Another thing that I know it's going to take some people, this is my third and last thing. It, it may take some people a bit to do this, but like through my journey and what I've done is like, I will share a picture of myself and like a sports bra on my leggings at the gym feeling bloaty on Instagram with people because I want other people to know that they're not alone. And I've gotten so many people that respond back to me and it's kind of formed this community and kind of this comfort of like, yeah, I know I'm not alone. Like people too are going through the exact same thing that I'm going through. They too are bloaty. They too don't necessarily feel the greatest about themselves this morning. And acknowledging that and realizing, you know, like that my comfort in sharing that is helping other people has helped me a ton as well. So those are my top three things. Progress picks, talk about it, and maybe occasionally share it with a few people on social media if you're comfortable. Love it. I absolutely love it. Um, and I love receiving your voice messages in the morning when <laughs> yesterday, yesterday's a prime example. You were like, I'm having these thoughts. I, you don't even need to respond if you don't want to. I just needed to vote. <laughs> and get it out there. And I mean, obviously they respond, but I love, I love that because I know that that's you telling your truth and just being very open and honest with yourself instead of like pushing those feelings down. Um, yeah. I was in, the, I was in the car by myself, like for the people that I was just saying, I would talk to myself, like, even if it's a voice message, I'll, I'll be in my car and I'll immediately start recording myself to send to Gabby and find your person that you can send a voice message to and just get it out. Mm-hmm. 
Um, okay. So I think this will be really helpful for a lot of like people who are either in college and working or just graduated from college and are working full time as someone who works full time and your schedule is so up and down. I know you're sometimes working in the mornings and sometimes you're working till midnight. Um, someone who works full time, how do you make time for the gym building a business? Cause that's something that we are working on together. Heather is going to be doing her own coaching business soon. So if you love what she has said, you will be able to work with her very, very shortly. Um, mm-hmm. A healthy relationship because you and Garrett are just like the cutest couple. <laughs> and I better be invited to the wedding when it comes around. <laughs> you absolutely will. <laughs> and just overall, like creating time for, like you said, that mind, body, and soul. Like, how do you do that working full time? Oh, well, no one's going to like what I first say. Um, I really like, I nap instead of sleep. <laughs> um, I am so adamant about each day, the things that I have to get in. Like if I'm telling, if I know that it's a day that I need to work out, I'll wake up earlier if I need to. So like the days that I work days, my day starts at 4.30 in the morning. I wake up, I get ready, I go to the gym. There's something also that happens every single day, no matter what, is that I make sure that I have a cup of coffee and get to sit down with Garrett every morning before we go into work, no matter what schedule we're working. If he's working mornings, I'll wake up at 4.35 in the morning just to have a cup of coffee with him and then go back and take a nap. If he's working day side, I'll wake up at 7.30 and I have a cup of coffee with him. If he's working night side and I'm working night side by some chance, like we actually get to sit down and enjoy and have a conversation over our cup of coffee. I mean, we talk every morning anyways, but like I know what I want to do in a day outside of my work and I try to not let time define that. And so I have a routine. Routines are huge to me. Morning routines are very important to me, very sacred. And that kind of ties into what I was just saying. But I just have always kind of had this mentality of like time doesn't stop me, even though there's only 24 hours in a day. And so my coaching business that I'm building with you, Gabby has known, has been a little bit slower than everything else I make progress in because I am kind of going through this weird phase of like, in order to do that on the side, I have to take away time from other things. And so I'm kind of learning, I'm going through that shift right now. So it's not like I have everything figured out. I'm, I'm figuring out how to make it all work and which days and when I can do certain things. And if I'm willing to sacrifice my time that I get with Garrett or with our families or our friends and I really comes down to a lot of personal sacrifice on sleep and time, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, there are days where I will take the time where I won't go into the gym unexpectedly because I'm just tired. I've, I'm tired all the time, all the time. Like people will look at me by the end of the week and I look like a walking skeleton, mm-hmm. like, because my <laughs> the circles under my eyes are so dark. And I'm also like, just like a, a walking mess in my mind for some reason. Like I always have thoughts flowing. So I rarely take time to just sit down. Like if I wasn't doing this with you right now, I'd be at the gym, but I'm going to the gym right after. So like I woke up a little bit early this morning. I worked on my, on my guide. I am now doing this. I'm going to go to the gym and I'm kind of home. I'm going to take a shower. I'm probably hopefully going to eat. That's one thing that I need to be better about is I don't eat enough in the day. I like eat a ton at night. And then I'm going to get ready. I'm going to go into work. I'm going to work. I'm going to come home. And then I'm going to enjoy the rest of my night with Garrett. We, we just kind of, I don't, I don't know. I guess it, I guess it also helps that I'm in the news industry 
And that as a producer, like you're always on call. You're always like having to pay attention to what's going around. You're always thinking 83,000 steps ahead. You're always thinking about all the possibilities of what could happen and where things could go, how to time your things out. I'm very detail oriented when it comes to things. So all this to say for you and whatever you're going through, no matter how busy life is, you have to prioritize. And it was really hard for me to realize that I'm not going to get everything done in the day. It was also really hard for me to learn that a work-life balance is the most important thing that you have to make sure that you're getting. Like, I will cut myself off from things because I realize that I'm not, I'm not getting enough of the life balance that I should be to fuel the healthiness that needs to be in my life. And so, so, and sometimes it really takes a slap in the face reminder from like my dad or Garrett. And like, I have to remind Garrett about it too, because we're both in news or like even you, you will remind me like, Hey, take a day. Like I will find myself just going like all the time that my body will just crash. And if I don't realize it before, then I mean, it could be dangerous. So prioritize what you want to get done in a day, kind of let go of the OCD in you as I have to as well to know that you may not get everything done in a day. And then kind of realize that what you don't get done in a day is made up in the happiness that you get from the life balance that you're going to enjoy. Mm, I love that. I love that because I think it's so important that, like you said, like the prioritizing. And then I liked how you use the word, like sometimes I'm not willing to do the things that I had maybe planned or thought that I needed to do. And I needed that life balance instead. So kind of asking yourself, like, what am I willing and unwilling to do? Like maybe maybe you have something going on at night for like, it's maybe it's date night, but you haven't gotten your workout in. You're not willing to give up that date night. So that means the gym's going to have to take a little bit of a back burner and that's okay. And I think with through life, like you're never fully in balance. Like if you're on a teeter totter, you're never fully at that equilibrium always. Maybe sometimes you're up, maybe sometimes you're down, maybe sometimes work takes priority, but then you always need to, as long as you can come home every night and have that self-reflection and you're always present and kind of you're not just going through the motions of life. You're actually reflecting on what you're doing. You're then able to kind of then the next day prioritize a little bit differently and shift. So that one thing is not always just fully completely taking over your life. You're able to, and I don't even like the word balance, but you're able to balance things out a little bit better or put more priority and more time towards the things that you may have been neglecting. Um, I think that that's incredible advice. Thank you so much for that. Um, no problem. One, one last thing to add to it that I think a lot of people don't realize and should do in their life that no matter how stressful things are, no matter how stressful those days are, um, in the days that you think like are just never going to end, look for levity in the smallest of things, right? So let me take today, for instance, like yesterday was not really the best of days, but today. And when I walk my dog in the morning, you know, like I say hello to the crossing guard every morning. We live next to a school and we talk and I'll sit there. Oh, I don't sit. I walk and I think about how beautiful of a day it may be. And I think about like, I take myself out of who I am and look at all the things around me and find the little glimmers of happiness that aren't just in my life, but that surround me because there are so many negatives that are swirling and cast such a dark cloud on our lives 
that those seem like the big issues. And we kind of let those dictate our mood for every day and our mood for how we handle things. But instead, try and pick up on the little cues, whether it's like someone helping and not in your life, right? Not in what you are physically doing or who you're interacting with. Pay attention to, like, it's like so silly, but like, back to walking Lewis, like, there's this family of squirrels that every morning they're eating and they like are a pack together. And I think that's one of the sweetest things. Like, (laughs) like, there are just so many beautiful things to life that are around us and that people are going through and that you get to be observant to because we walk in a world that is surrounded by beauty. And if you can just catch those small little glimmers of things that are around you and hold on to them and realize that life really isn't that bad, it's going to take away so much worry in your day because you're going to realize that things do go on that as hard as it is for me right now, it's going to get better And the world really isn't as awful of a place that I may in that moment think it is like capture those, capture those little moments and hold them dear and remind yourself like to just be observant to what, to what's happening. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I love that. I think that that's going to have to be your little blurb for the entire podcast. Like (laughs) I love that. I like, I just love what you said about when you want to walk, like not just thinking about your life, like taking yourself out of your body and like appreciating everything else because I mean, yes, you're in charge of your life, but also like there's so much going on in the world and we are so focused on all of our stress and our problems that we forget to just appreciate all of the other noise and things and like just stuff that's going on around us. So I, I love that. That was, that was amazing. That, um, and, and when you take it, when you, when you talk to other people, like instead of taking it personally, what if they're like not in the best of moods or something like that, take yourself out of your body in that situation. Come to understand that there are so many other things that you may not even be able to physically see in that moment and realize that, you know, like put yourself in theirs, empathize with them. And that will also kind of calm you down. Like, I think a lot of people will get worked up when people respond to them in a certain ways, but just take a moment, take a deep breath, go, Hmm, if I was in this situation, you know, like, I don't know what's going on, but like, I've been in a snappy mood, like just take yourself, empathize with the person and let yourself calm down before you react. And before you add more stress, because chances are, if you empathize and you realize like, Hey, shit happens and people are going through things, you're going to take a lot of stress and a lot of worry and a lot of anger and a lot of frustration out of your life that never needed to be there. Mm-hmm. Amen. Preach it, sister. I love it. I love it. Okay. Last and final question. Um, and I just want to hear like maybe one or two things. Um, what specific things do you, do you think has helped you evolve your life into what it is today? Like if you could just give like, like for specific things, like what do you think has helped you evolve your life into what it is today? I think the first step was realizing I wasn't as awful as I thought I was of a person, you know, like taking it back to when I really make that move to becoming who I am. You, I think when I, I realized that I wasn't all that I thought I had been made to believe that I was and that I could be whoever I wanted to be because I'm, I am in control of my life, not someone else. And that realizing that and realizing that I don't need a bunch of people in my life. I don't need someone 
to tell me how to view myself or I don't need someone to take care of me. You know, like I can take care of myself. I can believe what I want to believe about myself. And in doing that, people will then see me for who I am because I will be confident in who I am. I will be confident in who I want to be. And I will be confident in what I become. And there are days that I struggle, but I think back to what, like what I wasn't and what I tried to make myself, you know, like I was trying to be something that I wasn't, I was trying to make everything okay. And I wasn't allowing myself to be me. I was letting a lot of people dictate decisions of who I was. And I think it was that moment of, you know, like, all I need is the people who believe in who I am and love me for who I am and what I want to be that I can then be confident in that and grow. And so that's probably the one biggest thing was like, all right, like you are strong. You are beautiful. You are bold. You can do anything that you put your mind to. And that moment, that was the moment when I realized that I don't need anyone else. I just need myself. And once I accepted that, then all the support and unconditional love and all those things were opened up because they were there. I just didn't accept them. I had to accept myself first. Yes. Okay. That was perfect. I, I love that so much. Um, okay. So last, finally, um, where can people find you if you want to like shameless plug your, <laughs> like all, your Instagram, like what, I know you have a website coming and you've got coaching coming. So if you just want to tell people like where they can follow you, because I know there's probably so many people listening to this who are like wanting to see more from you and read your amazing Instagram captions and all of that kind of stuff. Yes. If you guys weren't tired of my life story and actually want to, I am like a bit cooler maybe on Instagram than I was on here. Maybe, um, you can find me at Heather Bill talk. B I L T O C. Occasionally Gabby tags me in photos too. So if for some reason it doesn't let you find me, you can probably find me tagged in one of her photos and just follow me. Give me, send me a message. I try to respond to every single person because I love hearing from people and just let me know what you're going through. Like I'm here. Gabby's here. We're all, there's a huge group of us and I encourage you to come join what I call is a movement of totally embracing everything that you are and just being you. So perfect. I love it so much. And I will be posting when Heather starts coaching and doing all that stuff. Cause she's going to partner with health Evo and she's going to be using our services. And it, I'm, she has so many big things coming and we're really working on building up her business. So keep your eyes out for that. If you are interested in working with her, um, send her a message and she might even be able to help you a little bit out before she actually launches her business. So don't be afraid to send her a DM. Um, I want to say thank you so much. Like I want to acknowledge you for a second and just say thank you for not only being an incredible friend. Like I, like I love this because we, we have these calls weekly just to like chat mm-hmm. and catch up and like talk about life and all these things. And it is so rare to find women, um, who do get to that deeper level and push you and are there for you, but also like trust you. And you just have been an incredible friend. And I knew that I wanted to have you share your amazing story and knowledge with everyone else because I really do want this podcast not to just be like interviewing 
people with lots of followers. Like I want to give everyone a voice because people like Instagram is just a freaking platform for people and they're just numbers next to your name, but we're all, we're all humans here and we all have incredible like lessons and journeys and stories. And I want to be able to be that vessel for people like you who deserve a bigger platform to speak your truth and um, talk oh. your, your experiences and stuff. So I want to say thank you for everything, for being here and just being one of my closest friends. I can't wait to come to Florida in like less than a month. It's going to be incredible. (laughs) So excited. And I can't thank you enough. Like my last thing, ladies, gents, do not be afraid of other people. Like I have had trust issues with females my entire life. I've always been friends with guys more than I've been friends with girls. And I am coming to realize that like right now we exist in a world We're like, babes are supporting babes. And it is a beautiful thing to let your guard down and let in some wonderful women into your life. And Gabby, you are a hundred percent one of them. And I'm so blessed to have you. I love you so much. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Evolve Your Life. And I will talk to you guys and help you guys in the next one. I appreciate you guys so much. If you have a chance, please, please, please um, subscribe to this podcast. Leave us a review. Give me a thumbs up, share it with a friend. If you loved everything we were talking about, post on your Instagram story. I will 100% repost it, um, give you a little shout out. So I do just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. And I will see you guys and talk to you guys in the next one.